Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. Raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation. Baby Beluga. So who is the man behind Baby Beluga? Every human being wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, all good things can grow from there. I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Raffi, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Matt Damon revealed he recently stopped using an anti-gay slur. Kathy Griffin announced she'll be undergoing surgery for lung cancer. And author Preeti Chibber joins us to talk about the power of Ted Lasso's positivity and how it's rubbing some people the wrong way. It's August 2nd, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Shyla, have you been watching the Olympics? No. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Shyla doesn't watch sports. No. Okay, I unfortunately have a problem where I watch eight hours of it a day. Oh, um, gotcha. It has taken over my life. But there was one that was so pure. It was in the high jump. And there were two Olympians, one from Italy and one from Qatar. And basically, both were jumping the same height and couldn't get to the next one. And one guy was like, well, you got to do a jump off then. And the guy from Qatar was like, how about we just both share the gold medal? And when I say the way that the Italian high jumper responded, jumped onto him, crying, hugging, screaming, the excitement. And there was just such pure joy. I'm like, yeah, that's share gold medals. I did <laughs> see that photo and I had no context whatsoever. So now that I know it is very, very wholesome. Um, how sweet. I feel like this very like Regina George, like everyone. Yes, or no, everyone not Regina gets- George, but um, Katie Heron. Everyone gets a part of the crown. <laughs> I was reading. I had one if this had happened in the past, so I was reading on Wikipedia. So again, this is from Wikipedia. But I think it was to, this was like in the 30s or, or something, and two um, Japanese athletes were like competing for like bronze and silver, and they also did the same thing, but then they wouldn't let them like share it. So what they did afterwards was they got them welded in half and then put together so they each had a silver and a bronze. That is so cute. I need more of that. I mean, maybe it'll get me to watch sports finally. <laughs> it, it won't. You're never going to watch sports. Okay, so moving on. Apparently, 
Matt Damon only recently stopped using an anti-gay slur, which we won't repeat here, a few months ago after his daughter taught him it was, quote, dangerous. And yes, you heard that right. I said a few months ago in the year 2021. Oh, boy. He told the Sunday Times that after he made a joke using the F word, his daughter wrote a, quote, very long and beautiful treatise about how harmful the word is. I have a lot of thoughts. So yeah, uh-huh. I want to hear. Them. So first, like you said, why are you still using this word in 2021? Uh-huh. Secondly, why do you need your daughter to tell you not uh-huh. to use this word and uh-huh. not like, I don't know, a uh-huh. publicist or something? Uh-huh. And then third, why would you even share this information? Yep. yep. Yeah. In an interview. I, that's I just <laughs> that's that's the number one thing people talking about is like is like, why'd you say that part out loud? Like that didn't need to be it is free to keep things to ourselves. Did you know that? hundred <laughs> percent free. And, and I think that's how horrible it is too that he thought he was doing a good thing. And he was sharing that. But you know what? If anything, I think everyone just freaking loves his daughter now because she also recently, like, because he's been in headlines more recently. And (laughs) apparently, like, she hasn't seen Goodwill Hunting because she doesn't want to, like, blow up his dad's ego even more. So she refuses to, like, watch it. And I think that's hilarious. And I'm like, yeah, let's just support his daughter. That's that's big daughter behavior. I I like that. (laughs) (laughs) In other news, Kathy Griffin announced on Twitter that despite being a non-smoker, she's been diagnosed with lung cancer and will undergo surgery to have half of her left lung removed. Kathy said her doctors are very optimistic because it's stage one and contained her left lung, and she expects to be, quote, up and running as usual in no longer than a month. She also took the opportunity to remind fans that she's had the COVID-19 vaccine, that the, quote, consequences for being unvaccinated would have been even more serious, and that everyone should stay up to date with their medical checkups. You know, I think, you know, this news dropped like right before we started recording and everyone's just like shocked, you know? Yeah. It's it's wild. Also, you know, 60, that's still young. And it's just like, oh, damn, Kathy Griffin. But you know what? I am so glad anytime you hear that they've caught it early. I mean, it does make me hopeful, all things considered. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, the the non-smoker part kind of worries me just selfishly for myself. You know, it's like, I feel like that's the one thing they tell you not to do to prevent it. And then- if you don't do it and still get it, what can you do? Um, but but like you said, I'm glad that they caught her early. It seems like she's very optimistic about it. 60 is very young. Um, wishing her a speedy recovery. Yeah. You know, and, and just, you know, to say it's not about also you just smoking. It's about if others near you for secondhand smoke. <sighs> so, you know, and I'm sure, you know, I immediately thought when she said she's not a smoker, I'm like, ah, if you're if you were in comedy clubs, you know. That's true. And, you know, like you said, it's about other people around you. And that makes me think of the vaccine of like, uh-huh. ah, full circle, full circle there. <laughs> Wear a mask. Don't smoke in front of other people. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right. So moving on, if you haven't seen Ted Lasso yet, you've probably already heard that it's basically like getting a hug from an old friend, an old friend who only wants the best for you and wants to let you know that every single day of your life. <laughs> and, you know, it's so uplifting that in the wake of the year that is 2020, it's unofficially been named by pop culture as the show we need right now. Now, season two, which recently premiered, continues to chronicle Ted's unstoppable mission to change the world and soccer through the power of positivity. But some people can't handle that positivity. Author and writer Preeti Chibber recently had a lot to say about this on Twitter and joins us now to discuss more. Hi, Preeti. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. 
So I think we're all here, huge fans of Ted Lasso. But for those who haven't seen, can you tell us a little bit more about the show and who Ted is as a character? Sure. So uh, Ted Lasso, is it a, it's about an American football coach who has been brought over to England to coach a Premier League team in the first season. I don't want to give away any spoilers, I guess, for someone who has not seen the show at all, but it's very much, you know, a fish out of water situation and, and a clashing of cultures. And there are multiple reasons for Ted to have come over and a lot of different storylines weaving together. Um, but at its heart, it's about this man who is in a new situation and how he reacts to it and impacts the people around him. With just beautiful positivity. I mean, yes. I, I think I watched the, I watched season one late. So I was able to see them all in one day, Same. which I did. Then I went over to my parents' house and made them watch the whole thing with me again. <laughs> um, no, it is. Cause it's just like pure joy. And you know, the show came about at the height of the pandemic when we all needed a little positivity. At first it was a big love fest from fans, but lately there's a lot of talk on social media from like some people who are taking <laughs> issue with Ted Lasso's quote, aggressive positivity. And note that you, I, th I hope you can tell from the tone of my voice, I don't agree with it. <laughs> And neither do you, because you responded by tweeting, quote, I've seen no less than four or five Ted Lasso's nice guy act is bad actually takes in the last few days. And we get that his positivity is framed as not ideal in the show itself. What's good is his kindness and empathy, but not the aggressive positivity. So do you think where we are in the pandemic now has anything to do with this new criticism? I mean, if not, where do you think it's coming from? I think there is a tendency because of the number of places that capitalize on culture takes that there is a need to go against the grain to get those clicks. Like it's, it's very clickbaity. It's very like, Hey, I have an opinion that's different than all the other opinions you've seen, like click on this and like interact with me and I'll tell you why. But it's, it's very reactionary. I think from my perspective, like I'm not saying everyone has to like the show, but I think that opinion is rooted in misunderstanding what the show is and so I think it's very much like everyone on your timeline says Ted Lasso's awesome. Actually, it's not. Click here to find out why. Like, what? <laughs> so then you then followed up that tweet with, quote, I think the writing handles those things really well. Part of his arc in the first season is very much like you cannot rely on just being positive because it hurts you and the people around you. I mean, so what gives besides media companies wanting clicks why are people so mad at ted's positivity it's funny because i also think some of it might be rooted in this idea that we're all like really excited about this person just for being a nice guy which i can understand how if you don't know the show and if you're not watching the show you might be like what's the big deal so he's like a nice guy why is everyone so excited about this like who cares but what's revolutionary, I think, about the show, and if you really engage with the show, is that it's not that he's a nice guy. It's that he, I mean, sad sad to say, but it's exciting that he listens and that he thinks about things and thinks about the people around him as human beings, which feels like, why is that so revolutionary? But like, look at what we engage with as viewers and as readers. Like, it truly is to see a character who... You know, in a how spoilery do you think we can get? I mean, the first, the second season's already started. I say let's go for it. 
So, I say let's not spoil the end of season two, but season one, that's on you yeah, if you right? haven't seen it. Yeah. So like, I think a lesser show in that moment when Rebecca comes clean about her being the reason that the team is not doing well because she wanted to her ex-husband, a lesser show would have used that as a moment for our main character to get angry and to like, let him be angry. But he opts for forgiveness, which is new, I think, because that's not necessarily the most exciting thing a TV show could do, right? They allow for these like quiet emotional moments over short-lived bombastic moments. You know, I think about from the team itself and like the big believe poster. And even when the team loses many a match, he's still like, it's okay. That was just one. We can go out there and do it. But something else I love about his character is that he rubs off on everyone. Like, I mean, you see it from the very beginning, but like with Roy and with Jamie and even with Rebecca in the scene that you mentioned, she was annoyed with him for forgiving her so easily. And then she went and apologized to another character that she had wronged. So it really just, it has this domino effect that I don't think we ever see in TV, you know? Yeah. And the thing with the positivity in particular is the show again and again shows you that that's actually the worst part of Ted's character. You know, Coach Beard is like, you can't you have to win. Like, you can't just be like, everything's great. You know, it's all fine. Like there's actual lives writing on this and you're having, you can't just like wash it away with this attitude. We have to be real about it. Or, you know, Ted trying to get through this divorce that is happening in his life and not dealing with the heart of the matter and then having a panic attack and lashing out at Nate and hurting the people who are around him and like hurting internally because he won't deal with the ugly side of things because he's so obsessed with this idea of positivity. And I think we're going to see more of that in the second season with this relationship to therapy that's happening. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right. Well, we'll be right back with author Preeti Chibber on whether or not Ted Lasso is too good to be true. it we're tired of hearing new year new you fat burning secrets and lose weight fast the only thing you need to lose is self-doubt the body you're in deserves respect love and support support you're not getting from your current sports bra it's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market it's time to feel real support from she fit save ten dollars today at shefit.com 2022 what grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. I'm John Gonzalez, the host of Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. First in the pages of the magazine, then on SI.com, and now that tradition continues on a new podcast. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. We'll ask the questions that we're all wondering and push for the answers we all want. Everything from investigating the Super Bowl's impact on L.A., to examining why booing is as big a part of the fan experience as cheering. 
Sports Illustrated Weekly is here to bring you the entertaining tales you can't get anywhere else. The kinds of stories that make you smile and laugh, clap and cry, marvel, think, and fall in love with sports all over again. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. Welcome back. We're talking with Preeti Chibber about Ted Lasso's never-ending positivity. You know, so the show works so well as an escape, but do you think we'd all be so charmed by someone like Ted Lasso in real life? Like, you know, when Jason Sudeikis won his Golden Globe for the show this year, he gave a heartwarming Ted-like speech, and Twitter basically thought he was on something. But do you think that speaks to the audience's true cynicism, that as much as we do love the show, we can't really buy a Ted Lasso? I think that... Obviously, there's a lot of cynicism in this world. And like, I'm someone who I'm I'm like a walking exclamation point. Like, all I want to do is like talk about stuff I like, like have a good time and kind I of um, <laughs> and, and kind of like relish the, the good parts of life because there is so much ugliness. And I think we do have this fascination with the antihero and with, you know, you see it in television, you see it, you know, in Breaking Bad and you see it in these like period dramas and and these like very well critically acclaimed pieces. I think that Ted Lasso in real life, obviously for TV, he is taken a step further than maybe a person in real life would be. But I think uh, people provided they could step back and not assume the worst about a person, which is kind of where we are right now as a society, unfortunately, would be really happy with that. Like you have someone like Mr. Rogers, right? Like how many of us grew up on Mr. Rogers who I don't think it's a far cry to go from like those two people of like just wanting to be better and wanting to help the people around them. So I don't know. I feel like if we could get past our own idea of waiting for the other shoe to drop, like you're waiting for someone to mess up. Like if you could get past that and allow yourself to believe in <laughs> believe in someone a little bit believe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it would be I don't know how realistic it is but I think it would be really nice and you know that just made me think of something but I feel like people like trying to be positive and optimistic and sort of look on the brighter side I think that that's harder than most people realize like always waiting for the other shoe to drop and like feeding into that negativity or like the bad stuff that goes on in the world I feel like is the easier choice because there's so much of it and it feeds off of each other so actually trying to do the opposite goes against the grain and so maybe that's why I love Ted so much but I don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think we have a tendency to focus I mean so much of our media and so much of like what takes off online, what goes viral is negative in nature. I, I'm sure there is some like deep psychological societal reason for <laughs> oh, that, <yes. laughs> but it is much harder for like the kind things and the good things to get through. And it's like, if you have, I know people are far more likely to say an, an awful thing they think than a nice thing they think out loud. Like you're, you're far more likely to complain than you are to you know, offer praise. Because if you're offering praise, you're just like, this is comfortable. This is good. I don't need to say it, but there's a reason to complain is you want to fix something. Right. And so that tends to put us in a position where we're constantly just like saying the bad parts out loud and keeping the good parts inside. And I think what's nice about Ted Lasso is he says the good things out loud. 
Yeah. So, I mean, as we touched on in season one, we do see some of the darker parts of Ted's life, such as his divorce, as well as his panic attacks. But like you said, season two has introduced this character of Sharon, a sports psychologist. So do you see this character breaking ground into Ted's psyche? Like, is this the key to pleasing both camps? You mean the people that want the conflict, but those who, like myself, also just love the show as it is? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think they did a good job of dealing with the conflict in the first season. That's the thing is like, I don't think this show ever puts Ted in a light to say that he is infallible. It never puts him in the position of being like, this is the best person in the show and everyone else has to learn from him. Everyone on that show is learning and growing. And that's what I think people like so much about it is it doesn't matter what character you've latched onto, whether it is Jamie or Roy or Keely, who is the best or whomever. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone is in a position to where they're going through their own individual hardships and how they're dealing with them, including Ted. And so this season, like, I, I genuinely don't know how it's going. See, it, it seems like it's leaning into this idea of Ted is going to have to deal with the things that he doesn't want to deal with. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like, it's it does seem like it's going that route. And I trust the writers. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I hope that it surprises us. Oh, yes. I trust them implicitly. Like, I literally, as soon as I saw the sports psychologist and I saw, you know, like she's she's not giving Ted the time of day, which is obviously (laughs) as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, Ted's going to get a therapist. He's going to have to unpack trauma. (laughs) But, you know, okay. so I do I do want to wrap this up by asking you a question about anti-heroes, which you did bring up before. You know, not too long ago, TV's most compelling shows were defined by darkness. And like you mentioned, anti-hero characters. I mean, we're talking about Breaking Bad. We're talking about Mad Men. You know, today, the tone for some shows is much more likely to be earnest. Where do you see TV heading, though? Like, do we want darkness or lightness? Do we want both? Do we not know? I mean, we're in a good shape in the terms of like, there's so much potential for story because there are so many mediums in which story can be told, whether it's someone doing their own stuff on YouTube or through all these various different streaming services. I think we can have both. Like that's the ideal, right? Is that you don't have one narrative because that's boring. Like it's, it's boring if you turn on TV and you see the same show over and over again, whether as much as I love Mad Men, like as much as I love these like very intense deep dives into like, strange characters or anti-hero characters. Ted Lasso is new and different because that sort of empathy and kindness was relegated to television for younger viewers. And so now we're getting to see it in a complex way that is written for people who are older. And we want more of that and we need more of that. A lot of what's lacking in, I think, the common discourse and and our conversations with each other is kindness and empathy. And there's this idea, I wish I could remember where I read it, but this idea of paranoid reading versus reparative reading and coming into an interaction with the assumption of the worst versus giving kind of the benefit of the doubt that you're not getting the full picture of whatever it is. Um, And so coming to situations with that idea of reparative reading, which is what I think Ted Lasso does. And so getting to see that on screen, I think we just want more of it 100% to balance out all these other dark stories, which will continue to exist and will continue to be written and produced. 
So like, I, I think we want both just because it, it allows for the full spectrum of like human interaction and, and representation. Yes. I want to feel every emotion every yes. day. <laughs> just more feelings. I'll take the happy ones, but you guys can be well-rounded. <laughs> well, Preeti, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, a literal child shouldn't have to tell you not to use anti-gay slurs. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. Look through your children's eyes and you will discover the true magic of a forest. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. The Gangster Chronicles podcast is a weekly conversation that revolves around the underworld. From criminals and entertainers to victims of crime and law enforcement, we cover all facets of the game. Gangster Chronicles podcast doesn't glorify or promote illicit activities. We just discuss the ramifications and repercussions of these activities. Because after all, if you play gangster games, you are ultimately rewarded with gangster prizes. Our Heart Radio is number one for podcasts, but don't take our word for it. Find the Gangster Chronicles podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. The NFL Podcast Network is your home for all things football. Do you love hearing analysis around the league with a touch of mirth? Or maybe you enjoy breaking down X's and O's in the college scouting scene. Do you breathe, sleep, and eat fantasy football? Perhaps you love the funny headlines that emerge each week. What if you want in-depth news coverage with reporters? Or what if you want to know exactly how each team got its name? Well, you're in luck because the NFL Podcast Network has a show for everybody. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.